Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everyone in between or irrespective of that binary, welcome to LGBT&D, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast presented entirely by members of the LGBT community. You can call me Andy because that's my name. I will be your dungeon master. I use he, him pronouns. And joining me once again are my four lovely players. Let's go down the line, remind ourselves, or remind the listeners who we are, who we're playing, and get into the game. Let's start this time with Craig. You want to remind us who you are and who you'll be playing? Sure. Uh, my name's Craig. I use he him pronouns, and I am playing Ash Tanner. It can be surmised at this point, the, the cleric of the group. Yeah, I think that's uh, pretty well established by now. Cat's out of the bag, yeah. Up next, Justin, would you like to tell us who you are and a little bit about who you'll be playing? Uh, yeah. So I'm Justin. I use he, him pronouns still. My character's name is Anak, uh, also a male. The tiefling. Uh, so, yeah, he's a druid. That's pretty obvious at this point. So we'll get to see, you know, druidy things now. That's about it. Druid's gonna druid. Max, would you like to tell us a little bit about who you'll be playing? Absolutely. I am Max. I use he, him pronouns, and I play Renee, who uses he, him pronouns as well. He is our uh, dashing rogue who is actually a fighter. Nice. Last but not least, Valerie, would you like to remind us who you are, who you're playing, and give us our recap of the last episode? My name is Valerie, and my character is called Tara. A bloodhunter with two crossbows and a cockshell personality. Going by they, them, or she, her pronouns, just like myself. And, last we left off, the group talked to the enigmatic doctor, who revealed that Edmund inside did indeed have the sickness. The party talked to them about any progress towards a cure, and they mentioned moonglow petals had warded off the sickness from spreading to themselves, so reasoned it could perhaps be fashioned into a cure in greater quantities. Ash went inside the tent to talk with Edmund and Astra and tried to help Edmund and see if he could tell if she'd perhaps been misdiagnosed, to no avail. The party eventually left them alone. With nothing that they could do, they looked to find a room to stay for the night. The happy salmon was bustling, but despite having a few drinks, there were no rooms to stay there. The group did, however, meet an interesting drunk fellow, spinning a tale of a headless horseman in the woods. They heard that the guild sent someone out, but they hadn't come back yet. Investigating with the guildmaster, they found that Aelin, the guild operative sent out, should have really returned by now. They'd been sent out alone, paid by a lumber company, reasons that mostly it's so that they had the all clear to, for the peace of mind of their workers. Party decided to venture into the forest themselves and search for Aelin and in the strange rumours. Eventually finding a clearing and discovering some cultists trying to sacrifice a woman in a cave, they attacked and a fight ensued. The party came out ahead, with Renee revealing a hidden blade to attack, Anak using some vicious acidic claws, Ash showing his ability to heal, and Tabor using some strange magic to empower a crossbow attack. As we left off, they had just slayed the cultist leader, saved their victim, and as they searched for sur the surrounding cave, the forest itself had become alive and coming towards them. Fantastic. As the forest is making its way towards you, 
these sort of tree, bush, vine creatures making their way towards the cave where the group is sort of holed off. If everyone wouldn't mind going ahead and rolling me initiative, these things have very clear uh, hostile intentions towards you. All right, so there are several of these creatures coming towards you. There are, let's see, two of them seem to be mostly composed of twigs. They're quite on the smaller side. Three of them are made of sort of needly type of plants that have more of a uh, jagged, sort of like pine needle composition. And then there are three others that seem to be composed mostly of sort of vines wrapped around each other into a humanoid type of form. And Tara, you are up first as these things are making their way towards you. So I think I warned the group last time, right? I think I all drew their attention to this. I believe you did, yes. She says, I don't think they're here to give us a hug. Backs off to where the group are. She like backs off uh, to like basically like you know parkours over the countertop and aims a shot. Actually, before she before she jumps, she's gonna aim a shot while she's at the cave entrance to the nearest, which looks is that one of the humanoid-looking ones made of vines. That is one of the vine ones, yes. Yes, okay. So she's going to take a shot uh, with her crossbow. And that is a nine to hit. A nine is actually not going to hit. The vines seem to sort of constrict tighter, making sort of a natural armor as the bolt is flying through the air. And it is not going to have enough force to pierce through this thing's sort of external skin. She's going to mutter under her breath. Shit. And take a second shot with her bone section. And that's a 14. A 14 this time will hit as this bolt flies into a different section and will embed itself in this vine creature. Dealing uh, seven or three lightning damage and four piercing damage. Okay. And then she's going to back away and parkour over this uh, table to recover. Oh, that's like also a thing. Okay, assuming that's the end of her turn, that brings us to Ash. Now, can you remind me? I remember I used Spare the Dying on Aelin at the end of the last session. Did I also heal her at all, or did I just kind of leave her unconscious or at 1 HP? You have to have done, because she spoke, right? She started talking to us. Yeah, I'm assuming that I did heal her. Yeah, um, you you healed her for six hit points. Oh, I think you, ha- you healed someone else as well. Uh, that would be a knock. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Well, I am going to just kind of scoot over to the side of the room to get a clear view outside of the cave. And I am going to... I'm going to target same one that Terra targeted and I will use Toll the Dead 
I did not mean to click that, but I did intend to use it. So. Okay. So this vine creature is going to make its wisdom save. That is a six. I'm assuming does not make the save. It's not, yeah, 13. Okay, and the damage is... Did it already roll me damage or no? No. If I click this, will it? No, it will not. The damage is 1d8. No, it's 1d12. It's 1d12? It took damage. Unless the DM says it didn't take any damage from my attack. Oh, oh, cool. Yeah, it's miss- it's missing half points. That is right. And I rolled a 12. <laughs> nice. You watch as this vine creature, its semblance of a mouth is going to sort of drop a little bit. It is definitely in quite a bit of pain as several of the vines seem to shrink away from sort of the main form of it and lay motionless on the ground near its feet. All right, excellent. I'm actually going to back up a space actually towards the towards Aelin on the table and that's my turn okay up next is going to be Aelin she is going to stand up off of the table and sort of look around at the group and say anyone got a weapon they can spare as she's going to sort of look at the group that's near her basically everybody but a knock she's going to see if there's any sort of Weapon she can grab off of one of the three of you. I don't know if any. Renee would gladly uh, toss her a dagger. Okay. At that, she is going to move over towards the mouth of the cave and sort of. She's standing near it, holding the dagger in her hand, ready to strike, but not moving outside where she might be attacked. And that is going to bring us to Anak's first turn. All right. So Anak will walk into the cave because it's far too close and raise his arms above and slam them down onto the ground. And then as he lifts them up, a pedestal will rise from the ground and sand will explode outwards from him in a 30 foot radius. So. Thick sand swirl into existence and covers the area and the ground, and that pedestal is appearing in my space. So, let's see. That was my action. And then with my bonus action, let me see. Yeah, okay. Yep. The sand will become rapidly heated and turn red for a moment as it becomes a scorching heat, and every enemy hostile to me must now make a constitution saving throw versus... Do I have that? Yeah, 13. Okay. That is going to hit both of the ones made out of twigs, all three of the needle ones, and... Or no, all three of the vine ones and one of the needle ones. Nice work. You said that's what kind of saving throw? Uh, it is constitution. Okay. Go ahead and... Uh, Roll the damage for that. Yeah, that'll be five fire damage to each. That fails. Okay. On a save, do they take half or do they... They don't take any. Okay. So you watch as one of the twig ones goes immediately up in flames and burns down to the ground. All three of the vine ones seem to be unaffected and the one made out of the uh, needly plants 
seems to be just barely hanging on to life as the majority of his body is engulfed in the flames. Okay. And with that, is the end of my turn. That brings us to Renee on turn number one. Okay, so A is going to kind of move next to Anak. Um, Anak, you don't have any uh, special structures I would need to shoot through up to you? No, there's a, I'm, there's a small pedestal standing next to me, but otherwise the, just the ground is coated in sand. Awesome. All right. Um, so Renee just moves to the front of the cave mouth. Doesn't say anything, kind of just takes in that they're being attacked by a pack of bushes. Kind of sighs, um, unclips a longbow from under his cape and prepares to aim it. Does a 19 hit. Uh, which one is he shooting at? Um, most likely whoever would be in the center because he's standing in the center of the cave mouth. So he just shoots out and aims out into the crowd, and I'm guessing that would hit this guy. Yeah, the one that is uh, sort of taken the brunt of the damage thus far was attacked by uh, Ash and Tara, would be hit by a 19, yes. And that's going to be four piercing damage. Okay, he definitely does not look happy about that. He's now got an arrow sticking into the middle of him, as well as the bolt that Tyra had shot at him. He's looking pretty weakened at this point. I, uh, I'm going to use an action surge and um, get another attack. Okay. Renee um, takes out a dagger from in his cloak and just flings it at the same creature. Oh, does a seven hit? A seven is not going to hit. Once again, the vines sort of constrict around each other to make a more impenetrable section that the dagger is going to collide into. Renee kind of like rubs his eyes, curses under his breath, and resigns to getting it next time. Okay, that is going to bring us to the forest creatures. I'm assuming that's the end of Renee's turn, rather? Uh, absolutely, yes. Okay. The one remaining one made out of twigs is going to advance through the sandy area. Anak, is it more, is it like a ring of sand or is sand filling the entire section? Um, as soon as the pedestal came up, sand just burst out and that was it. It's not like a moving thing. It's just, it's there now. Right. I was just wondering, is it like an, like more like a circle or like a full, like filled in circle? It's not like a, a ring and then nothing inside up until the middle. It's sand from where I'm at up until the end. Okay, so it's a filled-in circle. Yes. Okay. So the one made out of twigs is going to advance through the sandy floor. It is not quite able to make it up to the group. Next up is the ones that are made out of vines. The first one is going to advance up to where Anak is at and is going to attempt to wrap him up in its viney appendages. That is a 23 to hit. That definitely hits. That is five bludgeoning damage to Anak, and he is going to be grappled in the tendrils of this vine creature. Man, do I wish I had a bonus action. (laughs) 
The other two are going to advance and be standing near behind the one made out of twigs. And then finally, the ones made out of the needly plants are going to take their turn. They are going to advance as well with the third one. Actually, he sort of seems to plant himself, no pun intended, into the ground as needles are going to shoot out of his uh, body, flying towards Renee. Oh. (laughs) That is a 15 against your armor class. Oh, that hits just by one point. And that is going to be eight piercing damage to Renee. That's the end of the forest creature's turn, bringing us to Terra at round two. Uh, this is uh, this is not a good situation. So Terra is going to dark round to get the best line of sight possible onto uh, this one here, the one attacking uh, Anak, the one grappling Anak, and take a shot. Uh, with her crossbow, but 14 to hit. A 14 will hit, yes. And does 3 lightning damage and 5 piercing damage. Okay, the one that had a knock in its clutches is going to wither away, which will free up a knock as it falls down to the ground defeated. She's then going to step to the side slightly to, again, get a better angle of unline of sight and take a shot uh, towards this one here. Okay, that would be the uh, vine creature sort of closest to the cave. The another another vine creature basically. And that is a 24 to hit. That will hit all day. Dealing free lightning and six piercing damage. Okay. Anything else on Tyra's turn? Uh nope. Uh that is it. Okay. That brings us to Ash on round number two. I think that Ash and Tamara are both going to play this uh, line of sight game and pick people off from back here in the cave. So Ash is going to shift to the side a bit and target the one that Tamara just shot uh, and target it with Toll the Dead. So that's a wisdom save, as we learned last turn. Okay, just a second. Let me check on its stats. That is a two on its wisdom save. Okay, well, that's going to fail. Got a 1d12 for damage, which is a one. Okay, well, it takes one whole damage. Uh, Ash kind of just mumbles out loud. Um, I wonder what we did to anger the entire forest. Mm, hasn't quite connected the dots yet. Um, and that is it for my turn. All right, Aelin. Uh, upon seeing these creatures advancing towards the cave, is going to advance on this one that Ash has been, Ash and Tyra have attacked, and she is going to attempt to jam her dagger into its face. That is going to make contact with it for eight piercing damage, and that is going to bring this creature down to its death as well. That's the end of her turn, which brings us to a knock. Oh, good. And now things get messier. I will, uh, place my hand back on the pedestal and take a, let's see, what have I got? I have very many weapons. Uh, resting on the pedestal is a 
desert rose, but in this case, it actually does have thorns. So I will take my hand and grab part of the rose and I let go of it and my blood falls out and drops onto the pedestal. And again, scorching heat rises up from the desert sand and burns all the hostiles in the area. Okay, so that's actually going to hit all of the remaining plants. I will go ahead and make their saving throws real quick. Okay, both of the ones that are made out of needles take full damage. How much is that? A whopping two fire damage. That's actually enough for one of them to be brought completely to its death. Okay. The ones made out of vines, one of them will take full damage, the other takes none. All right. Good to me. Double check that. But I think that's it for my turn. Okay. Renee is up next. Okay. Hmm. So Renee um, moves further out of the mouth of the cave, kind of tramples over the leaves and thorns that have been left behind. He would be attacking this creature right in front of him. I don't know which one that is. Okay, that is one of the uh, vine creatures. Okay, he will be attacking one of the vine creatures, and he will use his rapier kind of just tucking the longbow back onto his shoulder over his cape this time. Does that 24 hit? That 24 definitely hits. And it is 12 damage. 12 damage to the vine creature. Renee watches as the rapier pierces through the midsection of this creature. It still seems to be moving, but it's moving very slowly. It's not got a whole lot of fight left in it. Renee kind of um, sticks his thumb in his mouth for a quick second and sucks out a bit of blood that was there from the thorn attack before and says, you know, this isn't what I would usually use for groundskeeping, but I think these tools will do. And that would be the end of his turn. Okay. The vine creature that Renee attacked is going to attempt to constrict around him. That is an unnatural 20 to hit. Which hits. And that is going to be 10 damage to Renee. Ooh. He is now going to be sort of constricted in these vines as they wrap around his shoulders and neck area. The same way that uh, Anak was previously. The other vine creature is going to move up to attack at Aelin, which the 10 that it just rolled is not going to make... Aelin's armor class, which leaves the needle creatures. The one nearest to Renee is going to attempt to swipe at him with a rather nasty-looking set of claws. Does a 12 beat Renee's armor class? No, it does not. The one in the back is going to advance up to behind his brethren and shoot off some needles in the way that the other one had previously at Renee, and a four will not hit Renee's armor class. So that will bring us to Tyra at the top of round three. She just looks at the the huge number of like forest creatures and takes two takes two uh, well takes a shot first of all at the one grappling Renee. Start with does the twenty two hit? 
A 22 will hit, yes. <laughs> for 22 to hit. Uh, that is three lightning damage and five piercing damage. That is actually going to split this creature. The bolt flies straight through its midsection as the vines fall loosely to the ground. Rene kind of spits on the ground at the creature and says, Tied up and you still couldn't take me down. Uh, then she is going to take another shot this time. Can I see this one? You would be able to see the one that Aelin is fighting, yes. Okay, yeah. I I take my uh, I take my second shot at that one. And that is a 22 to hit. Which, as we all know, will make contact. Dealing a free lightning damage and nine piercing damage, because I rolled really well. And then... She is going to t- look at the wounded-looking Aelin and try and kind of interpose herself, sort of, and be a perhaps distraction for this one. She's actually going to run in and, like, yeah. Uh, that will bring us to Ash's turn. So Renee's been getting beat up. Ash, I cannot really get to him. There's a lot of people in the way. Ash will point his hand outwards towards Renee and mumble some some words in Celestial and use a healing word on Renee, uh, which is a d4 plus three healing. Okay, uh, Renee, you can heal four HP back. Thank you so much. I appreciate it so much. <laughs> oh, no. And uh, that's a bonus. Um... Uh, so, the ruling question, because I always forget, because it's a weird rule. So you can use a spell as a bonus and then a cantrip as an action, but not the other way around. Yes. Okay, cool. So I can use Healing Word and Toll the Dead in the same turn. That's fun. Which of these have taken damage already? Has the one directly in front of um, Tara uh, taken damage? It has, yes. Okay, I will uh, like scoot one square over so I can get line of sight to it. And point a finger at it and toll the dead. And oh, it needs to make its wisdom save. It got a uh, seven on its wisdom save. Okay. And the damage is two. And having damaged a creature and healed a friend, uh, Ash will finish his turn there. Okay. Aelin is going to turn on the creature that has been attacking her. She is going to swing her knife at sort of what would be its throat area if it were a humanoid. That is a 16 to hit, which does do that. And thanks to Tyra's distraction, she is going to get to roll some sneak attack damage for a grand total of... Let me check our modifiers. 10 piercing damage. She slashes across the throat of the one... The creature made of vines in front of her, and this one seems to be quickly reducing in size. And that will bring us to Anox's turn. There are three of these things left, one made out of vines, two made out of needles. Good. Uh, how bad do, the, do they look? The one made out of vines is looking pretty rough. Uh, the two made out of needles are also fairly weak, but the vine one is by far the weakest of the three. Okay. Well, I guess I'll treat it like a broken record and grab this rose again and open my hand and have the 
scorching heat rise up from the sand again. Okay. I will roll for the vine creature that got a 12. Ha. Has to beat a 13, so that would be a failure. And then the two needle creatures also fail as well. So they each take four fire damage. All three of these creatures are actually going to erupt in flames as the heat intensifies and engulfs the three of them. They burn quickly out as they have been reduced quite drastically in size. And that is going to end our combat. We did it! For, for the listeners, um, this <laughs> it might not have really like come across in voice, uh, in audio, but this was a very scary combat. We were like five against 12 or something. Uh, it looked very scary. It, it Nine. Nine. There we go. Lovely. So at that, Aelin is going to look around at this group of you and say, what the hells were those signs? That is a great question. And Ash will just kind of like, kind of like poke at, at some of the collapsed piles of vegetation with his boot just to poke it around and see if it moves again. I have no idea. I, I think we made the entire forest angry. Max kind of tramples over one of the creatures and goes, I don't know, magical shrubbery, not an answer enough. And kind of like holds his hand out and, and shakes it towards the girl and says, my dagger, give it back. She seems a little bit taken aback, uh, but gives no sort of verbal resistance as she hands the dagger back over to Renee and says, thank you for letting me use it. I don't know. I don't know where my stuff ended up, but I guess I'll have to get it back. And it kind of nods in her direction and goes off to search for the dagger he threw and missed with. Uh, have I ever seen anything like this before? Or have you ever read, read about anything like this before, I suppose? I'd say you probably haven't seen anything like it, but you probably would have heard tale of sort of angered forests or when things go wrong in the forest. It's not necessarily uncommon to have heard of tree creatures coming to defend that territory. They're commonly referred to as blights, and they take very or they take various forms depending on the sort of fa- uh, flora that is in the area. She is going to like catch her breath. Uh, and then she's going to go to look for and retrieve her crossbow bolts, basically, uh, since she used. Ten of them in the two fights. Um, uh, DM sure. question: Do you want us to roll perception for if we find ammo or not? That kind of makes sense. Yeah, that'll. That's a good way to do it. I've not really dealt a whole lot with that before, but yeah, that'll be a good way to sort of determine how much of it that you get back. Wouldn't it be investigation? Unless, yeah, or like you know, wh- whichever is fine. But you know, yeah, we'll go with investigation since you're specifically searching for the one thing. Um, okay. So you see as she goes about this, and I'll roll right now, as she goes about this, you can see she's still holding her crossbow in her hand, and kind of just, like, her hand's, like, shaking slightly, and you can see that the crossbow is shaking slightly. And she, her skin, her her face 
looks pale, and all of her visible skin looks very pale, but the her, the hand holding the crossbow looks almost like completely lost all colour. Is she still like pointing the crossbow, or has she lowered it? She she's not pointing anything. She's just still holding it. Hmm. Noticing that, uh, Ash just kind of like puts a, a hand on uh, Tara's shoulder and just kind of like gives it two gentle pats and smiles and says, good work. And then he's going to wander out of the cave and just like gingerly step over a lot of dead plants as if he's going to, he's like wandering out because Renee wandered out to collect crossbow bolts. And then Ash gets out there and is like, Oh, I don't have anything to collect. So he just kind of stands there looking around. Thank you. And she rolled a 20 on investigation to find the crossbow bolts. Yeah. That'll uh, get him back for sure. How many are still in work of like usable condition? You said you uh, shot ten of them between. Yeah, we'll say that she gets uh, eight of them back. Woo! Uh, as they scour over all of the things, I kind of uh, put my hand on the pedestal to steady myself and open up my hand where it's been bloody and just kind of wipe it on the side of the pedestal, shaking it as I try to regain feeling in my hand. I make sure no one's staring, and I just kind of pull my cloak over myself and join the rest of them. Aelin is going to sort of step over to Anak upon sort of gathering what happened. And she's going to say, what, if you don't mind me asking, what, what was that? I've never seen anything like that before. Let's say the druids in the deserts have their own way of using nature to their advantage. I I suppose I'll have to take your word for it. I'm, and she's just kind of a little bit flabbergasted at what she saw. Sorry. Uh, he would be very clearly dodging any looks from her and sort of wanting to not talk about it very obviously with the body language and just look her over and see how she's doing given she's our main objective and i would then ask her are you good to travel then she kind of takes stock of her injuries and where she's at and she's like if the four of you are going to be traveling with me i i think i can make it back to town at the very least that's good to hear well if we've gathered up everything we need here let's start back right away Uh, what time of day is it by this point, it is starting to, uh, the sun is starting to go down by this point. So if you were to travel back now, you'd be making it back just around nightfall. Okay, perfect timing. Renee, did you just actually roll a one to try to find your crossbow bolts? It's an unnatural one, and it wasn't crossbow bolts. It's a knife, I think. Oh, right, the knife. Um, Renee kind of shuffles about the bodies of the things and, um... Does not find his dagger and does not find the one arrow that he shot. Yeah, by this point, I'd say they're uh, pretty well buried underneath vines and twigs. And sand. It's okay. We can buy you another dagger if you want. Mm-hmm. Hey, I hate to ask this question again. Has, has Tara ever read about magic uh, like Anak just used? She's quite curious. Can we discuss this away from the group real quick? I.e., can the rest of you go to standby for just a couple of seconds? She would recognize what he did as being some form of blood magic as he grabbed the rose 
his blood fell onto the pedestal and created the sand and the heat that burned them up. So him being a tiefling, that would uh, tie into what she knows about their ability and tendency towards blood magic. Yeah. I figured as much, but I wanted to make sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's move from the back end then. And we're back. Welcome back, everybody. Okay. So, uh, is there anything else you all wanted to sort of do in the forest before heading back? Or are you back on your way towards town? Nope. I think we are going to head back. Uh, the, the group of us with our our rescued our rescued party member. As as she uh, as you kind of like begins to off and she kind of calms down, she uh, Tara puts a crossbow, like puts it on her side and lets go, and takes a deep breath as kind of the color begins to return to her skin. Uh, that's all. He's going to be quiet for now. Okay. Was uh, there anything, any other sort of conversations that anybody wanted to have before you get back to town, or? Uh, nope, I'm going to uh, angrily stomp off, because I lost my shit. Renee's going to pout. Um, Ash is uh, worn out from, from the battle and using a bunch of magic. He's also just going to quietly walk back towards town. So the group makes their quiet return to town pretty battered, bruised, several of them bloody. What are you doing once you get there? Where are you headed to or who are you talking to? By the uh, time you get there, night has fallen. There are uh, lights in the various taverns and inns that show that they are still open for business, as well as uh, the light of several candles in the office of the Black Hammer. I would suggest that we um, report back to the Black Hammer to let them know, since Aelin was essentially missing in action, to, to let them know what we found in the forest. Decidedly, no headless horseman. No headless horseman, but something almost as strange. Um, I'm going to go with Ash on this one. Yeah, I mean, you say that we, if you say that the, the, she was employed by Logan Company, well, that was who contracted me through the Black Hammer to go out and investigate, yes. So this kind of, like, super serious face that she's had on kind of breaks, and she says, we could have fucking used him. Yes, I suppose we could have used a, could have used a couple of extra axes in that instance. Maybe some shears. Aww. Ash kind of thinks for a minute, like, he looks very confused, and then he's like, Oh, I understand. And he just takes both hands and kind of like slaps them on on Taylor's shoulders. And says, "That was very funny. Like completely straightforward." Uh, and then turns to head towards the black hammer. I kind of scoff at the joke and say, "Well, if I know anything about druids, I would say what we saw could be related to the loggers." And then I kind of look over at Ash as I say this part, and go, you know, taking things that don't belong to them, even if it is to a better gain for yourself, or even others, I suppose. Renee kind of just rolls his eyes at a knock and goes, oh, one of those. Ashes, Ashes, like, already turned and started walking away. He doesn't quite <laughs> get what you said. Well, uh, I mean, I suppose you might be right, but what can you do? 
We're not paid to have a conscience, are we? I sigh again and say, this is why I don't like these jobs. Uh, well, we stopped some human sacrifices. I feel like that's a good day's work, don't you think? Logging might be taking something that doesn't belong to you, but sacrificing like that definitely is. I can certainly agree to that. I'd kind of release the tension in my body and walk more lightly. You know what's really not fair? Bet we'll have to fight to make them increase our pay for this. Well, we uh, we managed to retrieve a member of the Black Hammer, and we can tell the, the logging company that um, there's no Headless Horseman, and we've eliminated what could have been a very serious threat for them. Hopefully we'll get some decent compensation. They're loggers. You think they couldn't have handled a few magic trees? Hmm. I don't think they're used to logging trees that move. As we're, we're chatting, I'm assuming that we're, like, walking towards the Black Hammer. Yeah, I mean, the loggers. I don't think they could handle a deck of cards, let alone nine living forest creatures. A lot of anti-logger sentiment here. <laughs> so, uh, by that point, I'd say that the group of you has made it to the Black Hammer office. Aelin will take the initiative and walk in first. You, or those of you that walk in behind her, would see the uh, human Black Hammer representative from before. I don't recall if you all got his name or not. Um, yeah, I don't think we asked this dude's name. I was planning on it, though. Well, he is still at work at his office. The candle sitting on the corner of it is burning quite low by this point. Aelin steps in and he clasps his hands together when he sees her and says, Ah, you were able to make it back. I trust everything went... And then as he sort of takes stock of the group that enters behind her, stops himself from saying that everything went well. And he says, What what happened out there? Renee kind of leans over onto the counter and says, Just take a guess. Well, clearly you ran into something. I... The group of you made it back. That's good news in the least. We found the Headless Horseman. Uh, she just face palms. No Headless Horseman, however, did find some cultist types looking to use this one as a human sacrifice. Ray kind of talks over Terra and says, yeah, his head was a squash. Really weird. His a squash? Yeah, a rotten one. Aelin waves her hand dismissively at Renee in sort of a stop type of motion. She tells the man that uh, she was attacked by some cultists. They intended to sacrifice. They intended to sacrifice me, but the this group here they they saved me. I whatever money would have been coming to me, I want them to split it amongst them. I. I was nothing, I was of no use in this one. I don't really need any of the money. He seems to think about that for a minute and says, well, if you'd like to give up your section of the compensation, I, I'm sure the four of these people would have no problem splitting the entirety of the 40 gold pieces between themselves. Nonsense. You helped us fight our way out. I think we can split it all evenly. On the back of my dagger, which I lost. So I say, yes, gladly she will give up her pay. Um, um, Ash, actually, uh, by definition, we can't split. 
40 gold pieces into six people, even though uh, that's... Wait, how many of us are there? One, two, three, four... Elon makes five, right? Wait, no. Yeah, I was looking at Craig. I was looking at the bot. Okay, scratch that. <laughs> I... Taylor would know, see the amount of people in front of her. <laughs> Taylor would know that two plus two... I, I'm looking at this fucking voice channel and I'm being like, well... Five people who aren't the DM, and it's like, well, one's a bot. One is recording the audio. This is why we have an editor. Hi, my name is Taylor. Okay. I'm 19, <laughs> and I never learned how to fucking count to five. <laughs> now, see, now, I, now, now we're getting attacked by vines again. Ah! Oh my god, that was good. Okay, never mind. Uh, but she does say... Oh, and uh, yeah, so after we we dispatched the cultists, some strange, uh, I think, blight creatures attacked us. Uh, might be, one, might have been a danger to that logging company paying so good. Blight creatures, the, the forest is attacking now. Were they taken care of, or is it going to be more of a danger? They are the charred ashes now, the ones that attacked us, of course. Who's to say if there are more? There's a whole lot of forest out there, but the rest of it wasn't moving when we left. He nods solemnly and pulls out a piece of parchment and starts scribbling something down on it as he's talking. He looks at the group and says, Take this to any of the inns around here, most likely. I will provide for you to have a place to stay for the night in as a means of thanking you for saving one of our own. Oh, thank you very much. That's what we needed. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll take the note and, and, and stick it in my bag. She's lying bastards. Just like two of rooms after all, but you fucking reserve them. She's, 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 kind, she's actually like slightly vi- like visibly angry at the like display of uh, favoritism. Renee kind of chuckles, but only because he thinks it's funny that Tara is visibly angry. <sighs> well, it's been a long day. Sorry. After passing over the note, the man will set a uh, sack of 40 gold pieces on the desk and say, well, I suppose that's up to the five of you how you split it. Ash will take ten and hand two of them to Aelin and keep the other eight for himself. <laughs> Thank you. I I really appreciate that. Tara will do the same. She thanks Tara as well. Tara can see that... Uh, Aelin really appreciates this on quite a deep level. She feels it's not hard to surmise that she feels as if she put the group more in danger than helping out. But she feels very appreciative that they would split the gold with her in spite of that. Um, Renee takes his 10 pieces and passes the bag to Anak. <laughs> I'll just take whatever's left. That would that would be ten. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Who keeps the bag? I ask. <laughs> Who wants the bag? Um, he might want that bag. Yeah, the the representative would sort of hold his hand out to uh, request his bag back. Um, Renee leans over to Ash and goes, "You you want me to steal it?" No, I don't think we we need a bag. Um, I already have a bag for my belongings. No, but do you want me to steal it? No, I 
don't. He looks confused. Okay. Kind of nods his head. Ash is just going to take Renee by the shoulder and lead him outside before <laughs> something gets stolen from our own guild's office. We need to find an inn. Yeah, I just, I just hand it back. An inn with a minimal amount of stuff to steal. Okay, so Aelin will follow the group out, and she sort of does, like, shoulder circles, just trying to make herself relax. She looks at the group of you and says, So, I suppose this is where we go our separate ways then, huh? I suppose so. Do take care of yourself. Um, I wouldn't recommend taking any more missions alone. Stay out of that forest, man. I'll do my best. And with that, unless somebody stops her, she's going to turn on her heels and head off to one of the local inns. Do you have any idea why Why you? Why they would want you as sacrifice? She seems to think about it for a minute and says, well, I'm not sure. I've just sort of chalked it up to being wrong place, wrong time. These sort of things happen to people like us, don't they? Hmm. I suppose. And she, like, kind of shrugs it, uh, shrugs it off, says, oh, yeah, I suppose. You, you take care now. Rough day, being sacrificed and then healed and then almost hurt again. Okay. Can't say I've had very many days like it before. And she lets her, like, go and walk off. Okay. Then Aelin is removed from the party. I would like to really quickly be allowed to roll a sleight of hand against Aelin. You can try. Are you trying to steal anything? In- I am trying to steal those two gold pieces that Ash gave her. Ash gave her two and Tara gave her two, I believe. So she has four. Yeah, I'm looking for four. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's a 20. Okay, it's literally impossible that I would spot this. So... Yep, same. So Renee kind of just digs around in her pockets. Jesus. For the four gold that was donated to her for her troubles and pockets it himself during the, the last moment goodbyes. Actually, I forgot. I do have high perception. Um, do I see this? Uh, go ahead and roll me a perception check. Oh. That's a 22. Yeah, with a 22, Ash would spot Renee reaching into Aelin's pocket. I guess as uh, Renee is reaching towards Aelin as she's, like, turned to walk away, Ash will just reach out and grab Renee's wrist and pull his hand down by his side and kind of, like, give him a glare in the dark. Are you serious? We made enough money on this job. She can keep the four gold. She's going to need it. (laughs) That's it. And then I'll head off towards an end. Let's leave the end scene. Okay, so the two ends that you all have been to thus far are the, or have at least been told about, are the Happy Salmon, which you all went to before heading out, and then the Silver Ram, which I don't believe you went to, but you know exists. Is there a particular one that you all would be heading off to um remind me the um was what was the happy salmon like like is that a... well they didn't have any rooms apparently yeah they claimed that they didn't they said that we could go to an inn and get a room so maybe they have rooms reserved or something i don't know 
Um, but we could try the silver ram. The happy salmon was the one where all of the, or the majority of the loggers were at. Uh, that was where you talked to the bartender and the drunken halfling, Elkis, who told you about the headless horseman that he saw. Right. If we go back there, there's a good chance that even after we show them our special note that they might not have any rooms for us and then we'll be back to the Silver Rim anyway. Maybe we should just head to the Silver Rim um, and hope for vacancies. We can always check in with the loggers again if we want to tell them about how we've defeated the Headless Horseman. If we if we want to get if we want to get Sharefire employment, we could tell them all about the forest coming to life. Yeah, yeah. Renee is still reeling from that last encounter, so is sort of being just led along by the party. Reeling after not being allowed to steal gold, but other people whose gold it was gifted to someone. I think he means the the actual battle. <laughs> he got like oh, real beat up. Reeling from not being able to steal. Oh, okay. Never mind. Or basically being caught on what he thought was a pretty nice grab and dash. These eyes miss nothing. Um, I I would suggest that we find rooms at the Silver Rim. We can check back in at the Happy Salmon tomorrow and talk to the loggers. But I, if we go to the Happy Salmon and they have no rooms, then we're back to another inn again anyway. Yeah, I, I, I think we could spend the night there and check in with the loggers tomorrow. Let them decide which version of our tale to tell them. Of course, of course. Okay. The group of you make your way over to the Silver Ram. It is, as the Happy Salmon was, fairly bustling, whether due to the time of night or just it being less popular than the Happy Salmon. As you step inside of it, it's uh, not quite as busy as the other inn was. There's still a fair number of people milling around the sort of bar area on the ground floor, but it's not nearly as hard to find a uh, group of seats together as it was at the Happy Salmon. There is a uh, human barmaid that is serving up drinks behind the bar. She has a wall behind her upon which there is, like, rows of hooks. Each of them has a number inscribed upon the uh, wood above it, and several of them still have keys hanging on those hooks. Oh, good. Okay. I will approach the employee and say that we are looking for a few rooms, and I will produce the note that we got from the Black Hammer. She takes a look at it for a second before looking around the group of you and says, all right, how many rooms you needing? Each staying separate or any of you shacking up together? <laughs> um, we, we are professional partners. I don't think any of us are shacking up together, uh, so to speak. She gives Ash a fairly exaggerated wink and says, sure you are there, honey. We serve all types around here. We're not going to judge. Oh, that's that's good. Uh, he gives her back an understanding wink, and Ash will turn to the others, and he's kind of counting out one, two, three, four, and then he immediately eyes Renee and basically mumbles to himself, "I feel like I should keep an eye on this one. You stay with me. I'll pay for the room. Deal." What? 
it's implied that he wants to make sure you don't try to steal anything in the night, basically. Oh, oh, so that's what this is about. Renee kind of kind of gets it after a few seconds and, and leans back and just shakes his head and doesn't protest. You're gonna pay my bar tab too? No, you can pay your own bar tab. You made some money tonight. <sighs> um and um are we does this note get us free rooms or just rooms? Was that an in-character question or a DM question? That's a, that's an out-of-character question. Yeah, that's a DM question. Are we paying for these? or? I'm assuming Ash would have read the note along the way. It does grant you uh, free rooms to be billed to the uh, Black Hammer office. Okay. Um, I assume three rooms, then. That should be fine. Um, Renee kind of pipes up and says, yeah, that there also says uh, free bar tab. I will roll for this. <laughs> you actually don't need to. Uh, however, do roll me a perception check. Perception? Why not deception? Because you're rolling for something else. Trust me, it'll make sense in a second. So that is a 22 perception. Okay, with a 22, you notice as Renee mentions a free bar tab, the uh, woman behind the bar has sort of been looking him up and down for the last several seconds. And she says, yeah, I'm pretty sure I can work that out for someone like you. So Renee notices this and is kind of shortly taken aback and then relaxes and prepares himself for all of the free drinks he's going to get tonight. Well, I guess someone has an admirer. Well, actually, before I go into her conversation with Renee, uh... Are any of the rest of you drinking, or are you heading straight off to your rooms, or doing something else? Ash will sit down for a drink. Sure. I need to know. I need to know what Anak is doing before I know I know. Oh, sorry, I missed that part of what you were saying. Uh, yeah, I'd see him look like he's gonna stick around, so I'd stick around by the bar as well. Okay. Tara is going to actually order a drink. But only one, I think. Okay. Everybody but Renee, the barmaid, would charge a silver piece per drink. Renee, she's just going to start slinging them out to. After a couple of drinks, and she does seem to be paying particular attention to Renee, she sort of sets her arms down on the bar and leans over towards him and says, you know, if this guy over here is not exactly your type, there's... Other rooms available. Renee, at this point, has been uh, drinking steadily. <laughs> um, <laughs> raises his eyebrows and says, other rooms, better rooms. You could say that. Oh, what's wrong? Am I not your type? And Ash just smiles at <laughs> Renee. Renee kind of puts his hand on the top of Ash's head, mimicking the way that Renee was patted only a few days ago and says, a little too masculine for my taste. That is a that is a height stretch, but I'm sure you can you can manage it. He's reaching. He's reaching, yeah. Also quite drunk. Mm-hmm. Because he has been drinking as fast as this woman can uh, pour and serve drinks, he's quite drunk at this point. Um. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Lori. Looking around the uh, the tavern, is there anything else of note? Uh, there's several dwarves and humans that are 
still up drinking. A couple of them bunched around tables, some of them playing various like cards and dice games. But other than that, it seems to be your fairly average tavern experience. Does uh, so? Does it look basically? Tara is slightly suspicious of this barmaid. Does it seem to her like this is kind of an act? Make me a perception check. Perception? Okay. Or, no, let's go with insight. They're both the same for me, so it's... uh... Okay. Uh, That's a zero. Oh, goodness. (laughs) Wowzers. Yeah, with a zero insight, uh, I'd say it's pretty safe to say that Tyra completely believes that this barmaid is very much into Renee. She just kind of, like, cringes a bit and keeps to herself. I didn't really think of it, but that is something that Ash would be kind of looking for as well. Because Ash is going to, like, you know, eat some dinner, have a few drinks, and then go up to his room. But now he's equally worried about this woman's belongings being pilfered and or waking up the next morning and finding that Renee's missing. So can I essentially make the same type of... Uh, <laughs> can I make the the same type of judgment based on their interactions? Yeah, go ahead and uh, make me an insight check. Uh, that's a sixteen. It's okay if a party if a party uh, everyone rolls and someone look at it. Well, with a uh, sixteen, Ash also feels like this woman is definitely genuinely interested in Renee. Well, good luck. Okay. Um. Well, it seems like everyone in the bar is just having a good time. Um, Ash is going to uh, have some dinner and have a few glasses of red wine, and then we'll probably uh, retire for the evening. There's no further conversation. I'd have been sitting there with, like, just one beer the whole time and sipping it very slowly. Are you um, a bit of a lightweight, or...? Just enjoying the uh, mood. Enjoying the mood. Wow. Cheers. Once she has had like a drink, Terry's gonna go over to Anak. Actually, can I ask uh after a little bit, I'm assuming or Ash said that he's uh, headed off to his room, right? Um, like if the party's conversing, he would still be there. It's more like there's he's not going to go chat with anyone else in the bar or like cause any trouble. He's gonna just have a few drinks chat with the party if they're hanging out and then he will retire after that. So at this point, he would probably still be there for whatever conversation is happening. Okay. I wasn't sure if Tyra wanted a party conversation or a Tyra and a knock conversation. So Yeah, are you trying to approach him like privately? Uh, yeah, actually. Okay. Well, then, then we'll, for convenience sake, say that Ash has gone to bed and left Renee uh, <laughs> to, to the barmaid. And it's just like, all right, see you all in the morning. Would Renee be accepting the barmaid's invitation? Absolutely. Okay, so Ash disappears off to his room. Renee and the barmaid would be off to her room. And the bar has sort of thinned out, leaving Tara and Anak as sort of the two most interesting people in the room, so to speak. Do you all want the other two to leave to standby? Probably. I don't want to assume what stuff is kind of character secrets for next. Uh, 
Is does it look like uh, we have kind of privacy if I lower my voice? Like, does it look like anyone's who may listen in? If you speak in a low enough voice, you feel pretty confident in your privacy. There's like two or three guys still playing cards in a corner, but they're very much involved in their game. So she uh, leans kind of onto the bar closer to her neck and says, pretty uh, impressive magic you've earlier today. I put my arms down and look over at her <clears throat> and say, yeah, I'd say it's pretty matched by how pale you look. Yeah, you know, I've not actually met any, many people who use blood magic. It's rare in these parts. Can't say I know what happened regarding that. I seem pretty defensive about it. Um, I guess just saying I might be one of the only people to understand. So, and she shrugs. Well, I'll say this. It is nice to see somebody understanding. People can get spooked easily by it, but uh, the other two, I mean, Ash Ash is okay. Ash won't care. Ash doesn't care. Ash is, uh, I took himself as uh, interesting. I will say I'm also interested in what happened in, well, the others of your kind, I suppose. My kind? Others who use it, I don't know what happened to them. It's, like I've said been a while she uh she looks confused she's actually quite confused i uh, i'm not sure i understand what do you mean happened i um... if nothing's changed i suppose that's fine i mean that is the best scenario but i guess i shouldn't dwell on the past point is there are still those who look down upon it and don't understand but if that's not changed, I suppose it's fine. She kind of just like shrugs up and says, "Yeah, well, we make a good team, you know, even with the uh, the short, angry one." Yeah, they were a surprise addition, I suppose. Unexpected, definitely. <sighs> something about me. Yeah, something about this. Uh, such strange events recently. It's... Well, perhaps it's faded or sorted like that she nods and she looks sad but i don't know i should i should get to my room for the night he lets out a small sigh yeah you'll probably need the rest well it was nice speaking to you about this sorry if i came off a bit hostile earlier it's okay i just want you to know you can trust me i i mean by no means am i not a fucking terrible person but I get it, and I'd rather you not be feeling completely alone and having no one to who who might understand. I suppose. Well, it's been a while, so say that it's a bit refreshing. He kind of uh, rubs his eyes as he pushes back some repressed feelings. She puts her hand on your shoulder and says, "Have a good night." And then it's uh, been a rough day, and then she goes up to her room. Yeah, you too. Push the mug back and put my head back as she goes up and eventually make my way back to my own room. As the two of you drift off to your rooms, uh, I'd like to ask you two to go into standby and send Renee in here to me. Okay. Jesus Christ. Okay. What's up, Craig? (laughs) 
So we are going to cut to Renee in the room with this rather buxom barmaid. She guides him inside and shuts the door behind herself. Uh, What's Renee's sort of disposition? Is he making the first move or is he expecting her to? Renee is horrifically drunk, so he will be fairly aggressive and will be making the first move. Okay. Uh, I don't want to get too into detail with this because, honestly, that would just be weird. But as action starts getting sort of hot and heavy, so to speak, between the two of them, she would uh, move her hands up to sort of like Renee's sort of cup Renee's face and he would feel her hands start moving towards his ears. Renee would, in reaction to that, probably not make a move to stop her and would be more occupied with other things. She uh, sort of pushes his hood off from his head as they are going about what they're doing. She breaks her mouth away from his skin in order to sort of whisper into one of his pointed ears, and she says, I know what you are. Renee kind of chuckles and says, "Uh, uh, uh, I I know what I am too, man. It's okay, though. And she is breathing a little bit heavier than even Renee might expect. In response, she says, it's okay, though, because I've got the sickness, and you're about to have it too. And that's where we're going to end this episode. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening to this episode of lgbt and We appreciate all of the love and support we've gotten so far more than you could possibly know. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you really liked what you heard, we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash andylion, and all proceeds will go directly to benefiting this podcast. Lastly, Please feel free to contact us on Twitter at LGBTDPod and share us with anyone that you think may enjoy listening to our little adventures here. It really helps us to grow as a podcast. And again, thank you so much.